0: Oh, can you check if I'm recording, bro? <laughs> That's you. <new. laughs> okay, how's this, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is your turn to edit, and this is absolutely not going in the episode, okay? <laughs> Once again aboard Beef Station Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound I'm Oscar
2: I'm Andrew <laughs>
0: <laughs> little power let's, play for you <laughs> yeah, Let's jump right on into it Yeah, What wow, if I just never right spoke again? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: just wouldn't
2: have been able to ever speak I mean neither of us would have been able to Like a suicide uh, pact uh,
0: j- uh, yeah, well, The <laughs> Mexican standoff of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Where the fuck is Oscar? He hasn't showed up to work in three days. I'm just Stop. looking at you. Still podcasting.
0: Like, what am I going to do uh, uh, Oh man. Uh, um, uh. <laughs> so this week we are doing uh, listener suggestion. Mm. Listener Zach has suggested that we cover the sci-fi film. Previous Prospect. guest. Previous guest. That's it. Previous guest and listener of the show Zach has suggested that we cover uh, the 2018 drama sci-fi film Prospect. Uh, directed and written by Zeke Earl and Chris Caldwell. Uh, so that's what we're gonna be covering later on in the show. We'll jump off with a bit of a a bit of an entree before we get to the main course. <laughs> Just to surprise all of you, we thought that we'd start off with a little bit of news. Mm. You ready, bruh? Oh yeah. I'm ready. Beef bulletin. Mm. Uh, John Krasinski has confirmed that a Quiet Place Two has started shooting. Okay. Very excited to see how this qui- sequel turns quiet. out. No, oh, they've just executed the main cast. That's it. oh, <laughs> the cast members. They've started shooting oh, hostages. Shit. <laughs> good <laughs> shit. Good, good shit. All right, next story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, s- uh teased on Twitter like a little photo of the fucking cl- uh, clapper marker. Snapping board thing I don't know what it's called (laughs) No, that's Clapper board I had it right With a whole bunch of nouns, Random nouns In the middle It's a clapping Um, Snapper (laughs) Clapper (laughs) board We haven't heard Very much about this film Um, It's got a tentative (laughs) elite What did you say? Clap, clap, snap
2: (laughs) Turquoise Cheap reference (laughs) Fuck, that's a dick It's not
0: rice (laughs) bubbles Um it's got a tentative—it's re- <laughs> got a tentative release date of the 21st of March, 2020. That's not very tentative. That sounds like a very fucking fixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, looking forward to that coming out. It sounds. Yeah, we're
1: thinking
2: about uh, maybe somewhere around the uh, 21st of March, 2020.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, or somewhere in the uh, vicinity you know? of. Uh...
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, small bit of news. About Bond 25, because once again, it has been four days since we recorded the last episode and somehow they've managed to get a headline up again. This fucking movie, man. Yeah. It's going to be, I reckon, I'm calling it now, abysmal. No movie can have this many headlines out about it. Fuck me, man. Like, they're having leaks and like, shit coming up in the... I mean, granted, a lot of these headlines come from the Daily Mail, which I don't think is necessarily the most reputable news source. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But like... No amount of news is being accidentally leaked to the Daily Mail to the point now. Daniel
2: Craig is
1: dead.
0: <laughs> fuck, is Daniel Craig dead? <laughs> Correction. Yeah, f- fuck me. Um, Daniel Craig, premiums bringing- have gone up on his car insurance. Correction. Yeah. South Park, not a documentary. <laughs> um, so the news this week is yeah, uh, fuck the Daily Mail. <laughs> Sorry. The news this week is that um, contentiously, a black woman is going to be referred to as 007 in this new film. Mm. Somehow. I don't know.
2: Now, everyone listen up, because I can hear you incels screaming from (laughs) here. Not on my watch! (laughs) She's not the main character. (laughs) Bond is still Daniel Craig. It's just that he's like out of the fucking organisation, and so someone else has been given the code 007, and they're coincidentally giving this to a black woman. I repeat, James Bond is still a shit character... Don't worry. (laughs) Telling me to put down this Molotov cocktail? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Before I lob it halfway around the world? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, Lashana Lynch is apparently uh, a pivotal character in this new film. And the rumor, according to the Daily Mail, is that she's going to have the designation 007, reportedly um, one of the script revisions suggested by that damn left-wing pinko Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So we'll see how the film turns out. Yeah, this was this was from a leak
2: um, from someone who had a, a lot to fucking say about the movie. It just felt like they were... Yeah, I don't know. The, the way that the quotes were running, was it sounded like someone that worked at a tabloid was yeah. giving the quote. So, like, mixed feelings. I don't know. If this turns mm-hmm. out to be true, I just think this means that they absolutely need to make the next James Bond like a black woman. Right, because if they're like they won't though. But if they're like, yeah, I 007, I, I think like, it could be a play- oh, we, we
0: did give it to a black. woman. I think it could be like a playful tease. Yeah, no, I think that 007 has like Bond. has to be a has to be a dude, if only because of what Phoebe Waller Bridge said about the idea that like, yeah, he's a womanizing prick, and someone needs to like call him on it. Yeah. Like, well, if he
2: doesn't need to be... Double Yeah James
0: Yeah, right. Bond's like So James yeah. Bond yeah. can still be that douchebag, yeah. and it's yeah. just that in the modern day, he has to be portrayed as more of a douchebag. Yeah, like, I mean... It's yeah. not like... No, I don't know. But I this we, person we was talked saying about in the
2: interview was that like, apparently he still hits on her and she is one of the first... Uh, to be like, fuck people. off. Yeah. yeah. And then right. this guy was saying all sorts of stuff, like apparently the term Bond girl is now expressly forbidden by all of the cast. Like, they have to say Bond woman. <laughs> it's like, that's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not the point. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um,
2: yeah, I don't know. Fun. Little, what are they taking out <laughs> nouns now,
0: along yeah. with our jobs? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, we, we talked. <laughs> we talked about it ages ago. Now, just the idea that, like, I don't think it's necessarily the most woke thing to do, just to like take popular characters and make them oh, women yeah, and be I, like, I, I see, totally we agree. care about women now. It's I don't like give if you want great strong, yeah. yeah. If you want great strong female characters. Right, strong female characters. Don't just be like, oh, <laughs> well, James Bond's a woman now. Do you
2: know how bloody expensive that is? We've solved We're not, not doing that.
0: We're just going to recycle the same bloody yeah, thing. I mean, a perfect example is... I could, um, I could take a shit at a James Bond movie <laughs> appears at the bottom of the toilet. That's how cheap it is. Yeah, a perfect example is like Bo Peep. Recently, is an example of a great, in my opinion, a great strong female character mm. or a great female character um, in, a, in a movie where they didn't, I don't know. It just I just don't think that it's the it's the like, no, James Wan has to be a, a black woman now and that solves the problem. It's like, well, you can no, do whatever I, you, you can do what yeah. you want, but I definitely think that the best way to do it is to actually care and actually give a shit and support projects that create new characters sure. rather than just like Yeah, I think I that know. was
2: yeah. I think we both were like I think that was what we both said last time this came yeah. up. And yeah, I agree. I think it's a tired series, I think it's a tired character, I think like Refresh it in other ways exactly. yeah, right I, I like i, I like the,
0: the, the i like i like the stand of them getting different screenwriters on to sort of fuck with the characters a bit and sort of yeah. play with James Bond in this way where you have like a you have like a, a woman telling him to fuck off yeah i suppose what
2: i meant <laughs> by they have to do that is i think that this is probably them foreshadowing that they will do that but okay.
0: Mm. yeah okay but i don't uh-huh. know like maybe bond dies i have no idea I feel like, yeah.
2: and it's not about bond anymore it's a 007 movie i feel like every
0: time they've picked a james bond actor, it's it's been a relatively unknown actor. Right. Like, or maybe it's just that I haven't had my finger on the pulse that frequently but whatever. Um, well, you are a Luddite <laughs> um, of culture. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, how's this for this next headline? Remember how we <laughs> talked about how there was going to be a uh, Barbie movie with uh, Margot Robbie set to Play the main character? Jesus Christ! No, I don't remember that. Uh, You you must have uh, written over that. My brain cells. (laughs) So, um, indie darling Noah Baumbach, yes, along with Greta Gerwig, have signed on to co-write the Barbie movie. Isn't that weird? Okay, (laughs) they're like two like cool, critically acclaimed art house directors and writers, who are now, what, they're making some fucking art house version of the Barbie movie? I. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's going on? There's a fucking eight ball horror movie. There's some Barbie (laughs) indie art house drama. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. What the fuck is going on? It's distressing because I think that the movie is still just to sell the product. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love it if they just completely fucked it. <laughs> like, turn every every product movie is now like a horror film. No, so ha- it's about how your product murders. <laughs> yeah. people, Whether right? they intended to <laughs> or yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, every single product movie is a horror movie because uh, there's the ghoul of capitalism. But,
0: God damn. Greta Gerwig also said to. A fucking Barbie movie written and directed <laughs> by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> is absolutely wild. What else has Greta Goig done? Greta Goig has also done Frances Hart, Lady Bird and an upcoming Little Women. So like oh, she does shit. like critically acclaimed Okay. Independent dramas. It, c- it it cannot be true. Boy, this is going to be a real a real road bump in that list, isn't it? <laughs> this would be like if it was like Damien Chazelle is directing Speed Four. Yeah. You're like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who agreed to do that? Will Smith is the new member of High Five. Like what? <laughs> oh right, I thought that was real. We live in hell.
2: Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I was, like, searching around the room to try and find some relevant... It. Yeah. First, I couldn't think of a product <laughs> that was funny. Fuck. Now I've forgotten the director's name. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, David Lynch doing a Lego movie. <laughs> Do you want to take a crack uh, at <laughs> No. This is the fi- final version. Um feel Baz- like David Lynch doing a Lego movie. <laughs> ha
0: ha well done <laughs> Um all of that is going in cult. <laughs> Uh Baz Luhrmann has confirmed who's going to play Elvis in his upcoming biopic is this a joke um, I'm is this a bit <laughs> Imagine a Baz yeah, Baz Lerman's doing Elvis <laughs> <laughs> You're right. that does sound like a joke I know. No, sorry, it's indistinguishable. I'm so no, sorry, so it's real. This one's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta start saying <laughs> it. The, the
2: first one. Of we we gotta start <laughs> just having a full, a full item by item <laughs> disclosure of whether or not it's it's a real story or a fake story because you just can't fucking tell anymore. Paul
0: McCartney's in a pawn. <laughs> <laughs> We literally talked about <laughs> jerking off with one of
2: the bandmates. <laughs> <Like it's> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was, what was this dumb shit story <laughs>
2: that you had again?
0: Uh, some dude you've never heard of plays Basil Elvis. dying on the toilet or whatever. Yeah. Um, Good. Uh, Good. This actor, Good. he was in a Jim Jamoosh zombie movie. He's <laughs> in the new Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> Uh, That's it. Oh, and Tom Hanks is in it. Tom Hanks is going to be playing... Um... <laughs> Elvis? <laughs> Tom Hanks is going to be playing Fat Elvis and he's doing <laughs> a method, baby. Fuck. I would pay good money ah! for like an enormous America's sweetheart, Tom Hanks. It's just recut versions of that scene where he can't piss from <laughs> Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to watch like a super size me <laughs> documentary of Tom Hanks preparing for his role as Fat Elvis. Oh, um, we're too far down the rabbit hole. Tom Hanks isn't playing Fat Elvis, listener. <laughs> Tom Hanks is just to be clear. Tom Hanks is playing Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Um, I heard an interesting story about the. Um, I think it's that guy who um, marketed, or maybe it was the Beatles. I got the confused. It might be the same people who like sold Elvis sucks badges. Yeah so that they could make money off that as well, because so many people love to hate Elvis. I think it was that. Um, This guy also... I think is the guy responsible... Remember we were talking a few weeks ago about the Elton John songwriting thing and about how a lot of people didn't used to write their own songs? Yeah. Elvis being one of them. Elvis has writing credits on a lot of songs because uh, I think it's this manager dude or someone else in Elvis' management structure somewhere would insist that if someone wanted to give a song to Elvis to do, which would make the writer a fucking millionaire, they had to give half of the writing credit to Elvis. Half. (laughs) What? Half. Sorry, I'm I'm just. I'm just explaining how much of the volume of my sandwich needs to be peanut butter. Now that we're done with that, (laughs) (laughs) now that we're done with that,
2: half of the contract. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, which is wild. He would have sounded very different to that, wouldn't he? Have
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like um, half. Half. Half the contract. It's Uh gonna be half.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Good shit. Um, I don't think I've ever
2: heard. (coughs) <coughs> or listen to or watch any footage
0: of Elvis talk. What are you talking about? We just played it just then. Oh, right. Other than that. Oh, that was the first time, yeah. Yeah, no, but other than that is what you meant. Yes. Yeah, right. And? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Dame- uh, instead of saving an absolutely fucked story for the end, I feel like <laughs> I've railroaded you and rammed fucked stories <laughs> down your throat. So I've, give you, I've saved you a nice treat till the end.
2: Just the way um, we talked about Dame it.
0: Damien Chazelle's got a new movie coming out. Oh, that guy whose name you couldn't remember. You like him. Um, yeah. I don't know whether we cut that out. I don't know whether you... I'd like to think you I cut that you out. I told you that's all making it <laughs> in cult. And I'm making it a through lines so that I can't edit it out. Um, David Giselle has a new movie coming out. It's going to be called Babylon, and Emma Stone is set to star in it. Okay. That's all I got. It's a period piece set in 1920s Hollywood, um, looking to make it his largest production to date. I suppose since he almost won an Oscar last time... Um, my win one this time he's totally probably got rubbed. a whole bunch of buzz around him yeah mm. uh, well literally this is that one where um, is isn't this the one where they w- Moonlight and La La Land I don't remember which one didn't win maybe La La Land fake one and then Moonlight really won
2: I think yeah I think that was it yeah Yeah.
0: but Chazelle didn't do Moonlight did he? no he did La La Land yeah what? yeah did he? yeah oh Huh. Yeah, man, he's done a, he's done a whole bunch of different stuff. It's really yeah, cool. Like yeah. he's done Whiplash and La La Land. I feel like he's done some fucking action movie or something else that's really different as well, hasn't he? I don't know. He's done a whole bunch of different shit that is really interesting. Uh, of course, Emma's I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's all I got there. Damien Chazelle, I've liked pretty well every movie he's come out and done. Oh yeah, First Man. Yeah, right, First Man, yeah. How weird is that? How many different movies he's done? He's on First Man, La La Land, and Whiplash, all fairly recently as well. That's got to be like a couple years between each movie. First Man that. and Whiplash.
2: Yeah, Whiplash 2014, La La Land 2016, First Man 2018. Yeah, he's right, consistently on like Oscar contention movies like every two years That's on, wild. On, a, on a clock. That's pretty impressive. Dude, yeah. can't
0: catch a fucking break. Yeah, It's like how Leo didn't get an Oscar for like 20 years. Yeah. What if Damien Chazelle's the new Leo? Well,
2: he's won a bunch of Oscars, just not for like best director or anything.
0: Yeah, well, you I know, I mean, like, yeah. uh, I don't know. He doesn't want to win Best Picture at some point, surely. I feel like
2: his movies have gotten something like that. Maybe not. Yeah, he almost
0: won Best Picture for the <laughs> other one. <laughs>
1: for
2: a tiny little while, about <laughs> 20 to 25 seconds, he won Best Picture for Lala. La, La Land. <laughs>
0: That counts. I'd put that on a poster. Yeah. <laughs> best Picture, previous Best Picture yeah, winner, yeah. asterisk. Yeah, best, best Picture winner, definitely. Yeah. Um,
2: Announced Best Picture winner. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Has previously been awarded best picture. So <laughs> that's, that's that's it for Big Bulletin this week. Keeping it nice and short. Mm. Should we move on to the next segment? Yeah, let's do it. We've prepared one of our old favourite segments. Maybe not an audience favourite, but definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> one a favourite our of ours. So um, endure it. Famously, uh, mysteriously named Rate My Meat. This, of course, is the segment that we've done occasionally now, um, where we whip it out, flop it on the table. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rate them 1 to 10. What do you reckon, boy? I've had a little work done since last
2: time. <laughs> so, what this segment actually is is that we find a. Right by me! <laughs> we find a review online, read it out to the other one, or a few reviews. Mm-hmm. A refuse. A refuse. Refuse. Uh, this is total shit. <laughs> um, and the other one has to try and guess what the. Boy, have the movie I got a dex-
0: dictionary definition of the word refuse for you, my boy. <laughs> refuses waste, isn't it? Yeah. was yeah. total shit. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's I agree with you. We're morons. Oh, the joke that I was making. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yes, mm. the joke you were
0: making. Mm. How are you feeling? Right, so, of course. Yeah, um, it was good. Uh, yes, we find uh, what we think to be dumb, funny, or very strongly worded reviews. <laughs>
2: opinionated
0: folks. Opinionated folks online. on the internet. I'll, we'll read the review out. We might have to modify them a bit to not give away directly what the movie is by saying mm. the name of the movie or saying the name of the actor. The other guy's got to see if they can guess what the movie is. We might have a little bit of fun along the way. <laughs> Let's kick it off. Hopefully not. We'll see. Have you got one to start it off, dude. Uh, I do. Do not say the name of the movie. No, I know. <laughs> it's gonna be like, here we go. Here's one for Shrek Three. <laughs> okay. Um. So the rating for this film, this user,
2: <laughs> this review is on Letterboxd. Okay. And this person has actually named themselves, so I'm not <laughs> not gonna read out their name. But they gave this particular film. Half a star out oh, yeah. of five.
0: Hell yeah.
2: Okay. Before watching this, I had. So, this is by a very well established director. Right. Before I've de- watching I've this. I had definitely heard of this film. Yes. No, Before yes. watching this, I had never seen a film by this director, and after watching this, I probably never will again. Good. This film tells me that he is a self important, pretentious prick who pats himself on the back at his perceived genius. Do you know how long it takes... (laughs) Do you know how long it takes for visuals to even appear in this motion picture? (laughs) (laughs) Five entire minutes. Do you know how long it takes for the first line of dialogue to be spoken? 25 entire minutes. Do you know how long it takes for the main (laughs) character to appear on screen? 50 entire minutes. Is this Wally. I could have... No, I could have watched <laughs> two whole episodes of <laughs> Doctor Who in, in the time it takes for this film to introduce its main conflict... Speaking of plot, there basically is nothing. There's one character that is the only good part of this film, but its presence serves no purpose at all and it makes me mad that such a good character was thrown into this pretentious pile of garbage. I don't mind slow-paced films, but there is a difference between slow-paced and nothing happening. You could go take a shit, leave this film running, come back 20 minutes later and not miss a single thing. Not to mention the fact that This is three vignettes of growing length and, scare quotes, intensity, show this film has no idea what it wants to be. It doesn't string any of its three stories together at all. It doesn't answer or even ask any questions. I know exactly why, because it's too busy spending five minutes of a spaceship docking into another spaceship. Yes, I will admit that there are some cool shots and excellent use of sound in this film. But I don't give a rat's ass what your film looks like if there's nothing entertaining about it. Oh,
1: is this 2001?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I started to agree. And I was like, what movie have I felt this way about? (laughs) Uh, Hold on, 50 minutes. That's about how much of 2001 I've seen before falling asleep. (laughs) That's extremely good.
2: Yeah, Storms so is essentially a glorified tech demo, and it receives <laughs> none of its and it re- deserves none of the praise it somehow bafflingly got. Perhaps the bar for good filmmaking was much lower in nineteen sixty-eight. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. There was a runner up review which said, uh, This might have been an impressive movie experience when it came out, and I tried to watch it, but holy hell, it's one of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, and it takes forever to get there. If you want the gist of this movie, just watch the Futurama version. It's better <laughs> in only 22 minutes. <laughs> okay, how's this one? This is a review of Metacritic. Okay, I'm going to close my eyes. Good. Try and sensorily deprive myself as oh. much as possible. I want to engage that. Put yourself um, in your happy place before I kick the door down and pour kerosene on it. What's that, uh, what's that movie with the three people that can see through time? <laughs> Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gonna go into Minority you Report. You me a second to yeah. say Shrek 2.
0: <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Alright, I'm going to skip past the one that accuses the movie of having a left-wing agenda and rates it minus 100 out of 10. (laughs) And and (laughs) skip straight to this one that gives it a 3 out of 10. Okay. Um, Citizen Kane. So in this movie, I've just been the witness of a real-life boy being stripped of his manliness as he grows old. The movie starts incredibly well, featuring the early stages of both the boy and girl and all the subtle details that make the difference between genders. Yep. The parents going through real relationship problems, the mother being amorous and caring, and the father taking them out of their comfort zone to being active. Everything is awesome until the boy turns 15. Oh, the his Lego 15th movie. Birth- <laughs> His 15th birthday is one of the most amazing <laughs> birthdays any man could have. He's given a shotgun, for God's sake.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> the best birthday a man can have from God there damn. from there the movie takes a 360 degree turn and becomes more a series of propaganda scenes the acting performance of the boy suddenly feels ungenuine the boy is not pro- the pro- only pro- one pro- taking propaganda his propaganda about what <laughs> the boy is not a, is is not the only person from whom his manhood is taken. Suddenly, every single male character becomes a confused wuss and starts being (laughs) reflected in the women around their lives. I just couldn't take it anymore until I saw his sweet mother in tears of desperation. People around me laugh as the poor woman screamed for something to hold on to in life.
2: Wait, he couldn't take it until he saw the woman suffering. I don't know whether he wants to see the woman laugh or
0: cry, but all I know is he would have preferred it if there were a lot more shotguns in this film.
2: Right. Review end. That was the end of the review. Okay.
0: That was definitely for boyhood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I had another one if you didn't get it, which is, you know what? I guess it took 12 years to make a piece of shit. (laughs) 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 It's pretty good. Wow. That dude really fucking had
2: a very toxic masculine upbringing.
0: Oh, man. God. Hell yeah.
2: Like, I reckon if I was given five guesses, I could pick which state in the states he was <laughs> from. <It> was <laughs> Iowa.
0: <laughs> this movie was like watching a, li- a liberal campaigning for office, bringing up Dude, just about every liberal hot topic to push down the throats to of its viewers. this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
2: director probably got on Twitter and was like,
0: man, fuck Trump, am I right?
1: This is not one. And then like, people <laughs> were just like, fuck. <laughs>
0: Fuck this guy up! There was absolutely no plot to this movie except to have a few subliminal political messages continuously bashing Bush, Fox News, and Republicans while at the same this time... This movie made my son gay. <laughs> whilst at the same time flaunting sex, alcohol, and drug use by <laughs> minors while a hard-working mum gets constantly abused by the men in her life. Yep. It was like watching a liberal campaigning for office. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when Al Gore gets up on the stage and clubs a seal. What? It's like... <laughs> It's like this This movie depicted some horrible things that happened. Just like the liberals say. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it, this happened. <laughs> After watching the movie a second time, I realized I did not miss anything because there was nothing to miss. Wow, this guy <laughs> <laughs> spent six hours watching Boyhood. <laughs> joke's on you, bro. You spent six hours <laughs> watching liberal propaganda. We got you. Uh, joke's on you. You drink <laughs> soy milk now, you fucking idiot. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh good shit extremely good shit Mm. Mm. love it um (laughs) i got a quick one that i think is finally uh, i'm an anarchist (laughs) (laughs) um
2: okay i had yeah okay all right (laughs) this one is a a big old fucking wall of text (laughs) with not very good punctuation or grammar hell yeah all right (laughs) <laughs> despite that, this person has rated it, again, using their real name, despite that, this person has rated it one and a half stars.
0: That, that's, sub- I, I think, any review, I'm going to say it now, any review that's like zero or five stars, you got to go with a grain of salt. One yeah. and a half stars, this person thought about it. I right. it to be a moderated and considered opinion. Continue. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that was a
2: lame movie. <laughs> First of all, the plot basis is... Highly unoriginal and boring. It's very 2010's Moneymaker. The film came out in 1996. (laughs) And the plot is the good guys chasing after an item that the bad guys want. (laughs) We don't care! Sounds like my kind of movie. I'm not even sure if that was all of it or not, because it was so uninteresting, boring, (laughs) and impossible to care about what was going on. I was constantly bored, and for for a spy action slash thriller film... It was probably hard to pull off. Characters and acting? Well, it's the lead actor. (laughs) What more can you really say? It's great, but not Oscar-worthy. But I feel bad that he had to suffer attempting to portray an extremely flat character. The action sequences? Well, the ones that had it were extremely laughable. (laughs) As it was super easy to tell it was filmed in front of a green screen. I will admit... I enjoyed that iconic scene. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You know is capitalized. You know. Yeah. Uh, Have you only got one card left? (laughs) But when you do look at... (laughs) When you do look at... When you do... When you do look at it at a big picture... Oh, as a big picture, right. (laughs) The most entertaining part of the movie is watching him trying not to touch the floor... (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, but probably my biggest complaint <laughs> was that <laughs> no, this it movie now. didn't know <laughs> you didn't have it up till that point. No, <laughs> I thought it gave it away like four times. No, sorry. Uh, but this movie didn't know what it wanted to be. It sure looked like it wanted to be an action movie, but went with thriller instead and changed to action at the end. What right when almost like it had a narrative <laughs> arc, right when the writers made up their minds and spy <sighs> doesn't fit in well in that mix. In conclusion the biggest mission in this film is trying to enjoy this movie and it's impossible. Three out of ten. <sighs> Any ideas of what it was? <laughs> mission, mission Impossible. Was mission Impossible 2. Oh, right. <laughs> no, what? it was Mission Impossible 1. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he, touched, he touches the floor in Mission Impossible 2. I saw it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. I got one more for you if you're... Uh, no, okay, hit it. I don't think I have any more. Okay. A little shorty one. All right. Sure. Awful, awful, awful. <laughs> Since I'm not a professional movie critic and hence not subject to ENCS. What's ENCS? Uh, that's uh, Emperor's New Clothes Syndrome. Oh. I think this person may have coined that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to say how much this movie sucks. That implies that like, normal reviewers are afraid to say how much a movie sucks. No, we just have Empire's New Clothes Syndrome. Empress' new clothes. Empress' new clothes. I'm naked right now. It's, it sucks <laughs> horrifically and garishly loudly, so much so that it is literally cartoonish. Toys- I must toy story. now no. Oh, I must well then now he understand cleans- what that word means. <laughs> yeah. I must now go cleanse my palate with the Three Stooges meet Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Half a star out
0: of five for Citizen Kane. <laughs> That's good shit. That's okay. extremely good shit. <laughs> all right. No, okay. That
2: concludes Rate right My Meat. <laughs> that was Rate right My Meat. I'd give all of those reviews five out of five
0: stars. <laughs> the only other one I had was a review for Apocalypse Now where a man said he'd rather have someone slap him across the face with a wet kipper than watch the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> the wet kipper? How big is a kipper?
2: I don't know. It's don't f- look it up. How big is a kipper?
0: I thought it was a fish. Yeah, like what this, type of... F- the fish big.
2: are fucking two meters long sometimes, mate. Oh man, you'd be you fucking knocked a, out. You reckon it's like a third of a foot? You'd yeah, be straight that's why.
0: In the, be sh- I thought, I thought a kipper was sardine size. You'd be straight in the Yangtze if you got slapped in the slapped in the head with it. You'd be clubbed in the head with a wet kipper. All right, average size of a kipper. Clubbed me a in the head with a wet kipper.
2: <coughs> I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
2: you've held your hands up. I reckon you've estimated about seven inches. All right.
0: Oh yeah, like thirty centimeters. Average size of a kipper. No, they're just closer to you.
2: I reckon six inches.
0: So I've said 12, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, we're both wrong. A kipper is 62 calories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how much is that in kipper joules? <laughs> no, kipper joules. <laughs> I can get a kipper capri pant in size 4. <laughs> no, this isn't happening. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. I really want to know. Right in. If you know what the average size of a kipper is, average length in inches, <laughs> please, no centimeters, or we will publicly shame you. <laughs> Um, right, so how about you?
2: <laughs> oh, it's a herring. Hey? A, a kipper is a whole herring. What? A
0: herring is a whole herring. <laughs> That's what I fucking thought. <laughs> maybe a kipper is like when it's dead and it, like it's like lamb versus like maybe it's like beef versus cow. A buckling. What?
2: A buckling. This is beach is station, not
0: herring station. A buckling
2: is a form of hot smoked herring, similar to the kipper and the bloater. What's a bloater? No, you didn't want to know, man. <laughs> no, you no. were trying to rail us back. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to know what a bloater is? Don't you try and re-rail us. So, <laughs> you're gonna fucking hate this. A buckling is a form of hot smoke. Now, keep my. If you say
0: a bloater, I, I will kill myself. <laughs> is a form of cold-smoked herring. <laughs> so that's similar to the right,
2: hot-smoked herring, but now cold, right? Now if it's a hot-smoked Fuck. herring, that's a uh, buckling. <laughs>
0: if it's a cold-smoked herring, <laughs> that's a bloater. This is someone that didn't know what an adjective is and just decided to make up too many nouns. A kipper not A kipper is a whole herring that has
2: been split in a <laughs> butterfly fashion from tailed to head along the dorsal ridge. Is a bloater when it's been split (laughs) from head to tail? (laughs) (laughs) Gutted, salted or pickled and typically cold smoked over wood chips. Oh. There you go. What
0: about if it's hot smoked?
2: Now, How big is a herring? (laughs) Characteristics. Now it's just dicks. Their size varies between subspecies. The Baltic herring is small. 14... To eighteen centimeters, huh. the proper Atlantic herring can grow up to about forty-six centimeters. Yeah,
0: see, I was thinking of the, I was thinking of the Atlantic. So you were
2: obviously referring to an Atlantic yeah. herring. Well, I was the Pacific al- herring, which I grows to about thirty-eight
0: centimeters. I was thinking of like a like a like a teenaged Atlantic herring, right. some so sort of some th- sort of Pacific uh, herring, whatever the big one is. Yeah. Well... Don't correct me.
2: Yeah, but a but an almost fully grown Pacific herring would have been very close to the estimate of the Pacific herring size that you were giving.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, almost go. fully grown. No, no, we, not yeah, okay. Not the 46 centimetres that you would traditionally expect, but that's more... Closer to 30 centimetres or 12 inches, whichever... That's
2: fucking interesting.
0: The bloater buckling thing. Almost interesting. Ah, uh,
2: No, actually, you're right. Is this
0: our podcast now?
2: Yeah, I reckon. Almost interesting. Let's just read Wikipedia for <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit random on Wikipedia.
0: Fuck, you never know, heard of the French Revolution? Some shit went down. <laughs> Grenzer. No,
2: I'm putting my foot <laughs> down. <laughs> or or Schoenebecker Dieppe is a river on the border of Lower Saxony, Germany, oh. and Trent, Grenza Grenzer is the
0: German word for border.
2: Near the town Twist. Oh. There you go. No. Never been there. All right, great. That was what I got. We should do that every week. I'll hit random and we'll just (laughs) read out a random Wikipedia article. That's a good fucking segment. Anyway, more on this later When we fought to the death and it's just me And I do my one podcast a week <laughs> Dear listener, Where I read out a random Join Wikipedia me in article. writing
0: in in protest Against having that be a regular segment The first episode will be Oscar's funeral And every subsequent <laughs> episode will be me Reading one random Wikipedia article
2: Verbatim wow. and then shutting off
1: the Homicide, <laughs> the <podcast>. that's strange <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, It turns out you can't get Wikipedia in prison <laughs> Where Oscar is. (laughs) Because that's where I scattered his ashes. Oh. Oh. This week we watched Prospect. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a 2018 American science fiction film.
0: Starring Sophie Thatcher.
2: Pedro Pascal. You do the next one. Jay Duplass. Very good. We did it. Uh, it It's written and directed by a duo called Zeke, Earl and Chris Caldwell. Mm-hmm. So apparently this was a short film that the same uh, writing directing pair
0: People who wrote and directed this film also <laughs> wrote also wrote and directed a short film. Thank
2: you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. You like um, my little Stephen Hawking machine. <laughs> <laughs> I just You just, I just, look, just look at me. <laughs> Your
0: left eye twitches a little bit. <laughs> and 7 minutes later I spit <laughs> out a sentence. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right work's been a fucking nightmare. man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying he wants he wants cheese?
0: No, I think he has conjunctivitis. <laughs> <laughs> Explains all the typos. <laughs> is this what you wanted? We can go back to talking about adult problems with Toy Story, but this is what you wanted. You created this.
2: No one asked for Goofy, <laughs> and we gave it to him anyway.
0: Gosh, this is fucked. <laughs> Prospect. Yeah. So, uh, a movie, of course, that was suggested that we watch it by... Fuck. Um, by
2: someone who probably doesn't want us to say their name <laughs> any longer.
0: Listener slash uh, associate of the show, <laughs> Zach. Yes. Um, who said... Um, all opinions and <laughs> endorsements and all that, right? This yep. is his... Yeah. Um, we are the mouthpiece for yeah. all of yep. Zach's opinions yep. and beliefs. Written written by... That's right. Written by Zach. Mm-hmm. Written by Zach. I was about to say his full name. Direct, <laughs> directed by Zach. Yep. Um, and when we dock Zach, it will be produced from prison by Zach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> produced by uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um.
0: So, what's this what's this fucking movie about? So this is like a super low budget uh sci-fi film about a father and daughter who have a like a little space pod on a mothership spod, Yes. A pod, thank you. Um the, on, on like a mothership that looks like it has like 100 pods that's traveling across like the ga- the galaxy. Jewel pods. Yeah. Um and so <laughs> um you can, like, detach these pods and reattach them, and I guess they're paid for transit to somewhere far away. And they detach their pod to sort of go down on a day trip to this green moon planet thing that they're passing by to mine for these, like, gem things. Um and it turns out later that it's this kind of. It, there's all these sort of gooey alien <laughs> organisms that you kind of dig up from the ground and you extract, like almost their heart. And the heart of this little gooey alien thing that is kind of shaped like one of those face huggers is like a precious gem.
2: The closest thing that I could compare it to would be like a uh, pearl in an oyster. Yeah, I like guess it's so, something yeah. that grows naturally within this thing, but yeah, it's also like a hard. It's like a rock, a
0: hard little gemmy rock thing. It I looks suppose, like an yeah. egg.
2: It's clear on the outside with a yellow kind of yeah gem embedded in the middle of it.
0: Planet looks like Andor or some shit. It's like a forest yeah, moon, rainforesty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, they go down. They instead of landing safely in a little pod, they basically crash their pod onto this deserted forest moon thing. And that's the film, is them trying to find these gems, find a way off the moon, and then so, join the yeah. ship as the ship is sort of going to orbit orbit this sort of moon kind of once and then leave.
2: They know that it's not, and the reason why I'm saying this is because they know at the time, right. it's not deserted, but it's like the last planet at the end of a line of planets at the end of a galaxy. So imagine like they're on a bus line, they are like... It's like Tigranath. the end of the fucking line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine, yeah, you get left in fucking Theodore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, you don't. For people outside of Canberra, we know you're not listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it's a real shit suburb. Real
0: far away suburb. Yeah, yeah. right. So it's this deserted-ass planet... I suppose they said, like, once... It was this hub where, like, everyone was fucking going there looking for these fucking gem, goo, pearl yep. things. Now there is like fucking no one there.
2: There is like a lot of uh, parallels between this and like gold rushes and prospecting, exactly right. Real prospecting, yeah. as it exists um, on Earth.
0: So I suppose we're skipping past the idea that it's not really a spoiler. There is a couple other people sort of floating around on this little foresty moon. They know kind it's of not thing. deserted, like, yeah. Right. right
2: at the start, it's just uh, that, like, yeah, it's like a fucking um, abandoned frontier where there's just
0: the dregs of society yeah, right there.
2: So, yeah.
0: I feel um, like, yeah, great. Um, but it's nothing more than, like, camps and stuff. It's not like there are buildings. Yeah, there's things. like, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And anything, describing who is there is, yeah, a bit of a, a spoiler, because that's who they come across. But, cool. yeah, for sure, they don't expect it to be, the plot isn't that they expect it to be deserted, and then it isn't. The yeah, plot right. is that they know it's dangerous. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah
0: right. Um, Straight out of the gate, though, really cool little movie. Yeah. Glad I watched so it. So this, as I was saying before, this w- this
2: was a short film and it got turned into a feature-length film. Yeah. It had a budget of $3.9 million, which is, um, you know how I was talking about how, like, 28 Days Later feels yeah. so good because it, was, it felt like they were so constrained by their budget that they had to be really effective? Yeah. This had less than half of that budget, like, a decade after... 28 Days Later was made. Like, this film is incredibly economical with what it does. This film looks so cool. And it looks fucking great. So they've done a really, really good job on such a small budget. And you can tell... Like, I picked halfway through that it used to be a short film because of how economical they are with their storytelling. So there's so many times when they will just do exactly what you should do in storytelling when you're trying to establish a world like this, which is throw a line at the audience... And expect them to half understand it and half infer mm. what it means, but not need to completely understand what it is in order to get a sense yeah. of what the world is about. Like, um, so there's lots of like references to the names of things or whatever. So like
0: I'll make up the term, but there's I'll throw a throwaway line for example, like where they're talking about they found a gem that was huge and like how big, and he was like, oh, it was about this. it was the size of a tuck hopper, um, and yeah. they, they throw that away, and I'm like yeah, so they establish
2: this like this. But maybe he like gestures with his hands or something like that. So you're like, okay, I know that a tuck hopper is about yeah, as big yeah. as a football, but yeah, right. I don't know what it does. A bit so they like st- you don't need to know what it does, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: There's a certain efficiency of the language where it does that thing we've talked about a little bit before where they build a world. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where they, they refer to stuff as if you know what they're talking about mm-hmm. in a very efficient, minimal way. I watched a making of what we both did just earlier, where they said that they're inspired by uh, sci-fi films that have a cinema similar like minimalistic storytelling style like Alien does, for example. Yeah. Where it's a very simple, straightforward story that you can describe in a couple sentences but it establishes this huge world in a very short amount of time just through like throwaway lines and very good set design and shit like that. Um, like, so they have um, uh, like food in like little energy bar pill form looking things mm. and she has these like fancy ass... Looking futuristic headphones and they a watch and of like stuff. of the Marshall,
2: Marshall headphones. Yeah, it <laughs> does that a that bit. look like guitar amps. Yeah, uh,
0: and a lot of that, a lot of the technology in this film, kind of has that same kind of shitty industrial, grimy, gritty kind of feel to it that it did in Interstellar. For me, yeah or like, or uh alien, yeah or alien,
2: yeah, uh, like in Where the in walls the way in, are white, but they're sort of tarnished, and
0: yeah. yeah, well, in the way in which yeah, like it's it feels like the spaceship they're on is like a cheap thirty year old fucking used shit spaceship, yeah. um they have like this uh, slightly futuristic medicine, but not too futuristic, mm. um and they have um i, I feel like the technology is. A little bit in the future, but basic enough where you understand what's going on as you watch it. Like you yeah, see them with these like breathing apparatuses and things. Um, the filmmakers are talking about how they had all the stuff in the film, all the props and all the costumes and everything are all completely original designs. Yeah, to sort of evoke this completely new universe that they tried to create for you. Um, they had like a whole suite of artists and friends like
2: build this workshop with they them where they made all the props and things. Studio, yeah. Um. which is really cool. So just jumping back quickly. the, the main uh, like the first act,
0: I suppose they they, they crash land on this planet. Um, right and I, I suppose the point of that starting bit there was just about how quickly they build a world and how efficiently they tell you stuff right another example before you move on I've only thought of now is they have this gun that is a single shot gun that they reload by winding up putting the bullet back yeah, in a little box so and cool. winding it up again to like charge it with energy yeah. And, and that was like they don't explain that they just sort of show you them doing it once and he says once that careful there's only one shot in the cell um,
2: yeah and then like later on like that's done frantically and so it's sort of you know what needs to be done the stakes are high but yeah. you know like it's, like it's, very just like, it's a similar yeah. thing to the fumbling with the bullets but it's just it feels different because
0: they've chosen to represent yeah. it in such a different way it's very, very clever efficient little ways of building the world and yeah. it, the whole film is like that the film feels like it's part of a part of a film that has 20 film, part of a series that has 20 films right
2: it. it's yeah exactly yeah. It, it, it straight away makes you feel like the universe is very well established but also that you're not expected to know anything about it which yeah right is, it, I think really nailing exactly what they're
0: going for I suppose exactly how Interstellar was in the way that it has all these sort of background things going on where yeah. like it immediately fleshes out the world and makes you feel like you're not just watching a film about a father and you know you feel like you're watching a film about a whole universe yeah with a whole background and a whole history and culture and a whole seri- system
2: of economics and everything. Yeah. So the speaking of the system of economics, that kind of sets up why they're going down. Right. So you were sort of talking
0: about the first act.
2: Yeah. So um, there's a father and a daughter, as you mentioned. And basically, uh, so the, the, the father is played by Jay Duplass. Uh, his name is Damon. Uh, the daughter... C is played by Sophie Thatcher. And I feel like this is kind of a breakout role for Sophie.
1: Yeah, as far Thatcher. as I can see, she hasn't really been in much other yeah. stuff.
2: Um, everyone in this f- film does a really excellent job of their performances. Um, yeah. Everyone's just really, really genuine. Uh, she was seemed a, a little stilted, but um, I think...
0: It I think just that played in well to a character. Yeah, that that felt me more like a yeah, a suitable depiction of a character that was sort of like a child that's grown up in a hard world that's poor. Yeah, just pretty emotionally stunted. Yeah, has had to sort of grow up very quickly. Right. So, okay.
2: Um the f- they're hanging out of this the space station, um, the dad makes the executive call that they've got enough time to go down to the planet. They're dropping down, something goes wrong with the ship, they crash land there. Yeah. The father decides to continue with the plan regardless and the plan is that they want to go and find that cluster of gems which is like a huge mother load. He basically. knows that this
0: like place that no one's ever been able to find right. yeah, like, this legendary place with there's fucking heaps of them. Yeah. And apparently And it's pretty skilled to get them as well. It shows yes. you them extracting one where you get this sort of gooey creature thing out of the earth and you cut like three layers open and if you fuck it up even a little bit the whole thing destroys itself. Yeah. It's really cleverly done because uh, the so, uh,
2: da- Damon is running C through the process to actually extract one of these things, but it's simultaneously showing Sorry. you, the audience member, the entire yeah. complex process to extract it. Um, and it's really interesting, because they've actually had to make these fucking things. And it looks like this fucking yeah, alien someone goo thing. in a review that I was reading, compared it to, like, Cronenberg's, like, body horror stuff. It's really creepy. It looks... Yeah, incredibly like, convincing it looks real I have no idea like how they would have even made this thing it's like a spider egg sack with a yeah. thing in it it's really fucking the f- like my involuntary response when they first showed it was like ugh like <laughs> it was really it grossed me yeah. out so um, yeah they they go down to this planet um, they stumble upon uh, a site where someone's tried to extract one of these things and fucked it up so that's where you get to see the extraction process yeah. and then they are sort of ambushed by these other guys, um, and C manages to hide, but the father is seen. Uh, and so they end up holding him up. Uh, and they ransom him, I guess, for... Like food and
0: supplies and shit.
2: Yeah. Um, and then it, he says, actually, instead, let me take you to the this thing that I know, but I'm not going to tell you where it is, so you have to keep me alive. Yeah, And right. so it basically, the first act is... That happening and, and the father deciding, right, well, I've got to buy some time. But it sets up that sort of uneasy, distrustful relationship where, like, you know that if they found out where it was, they could kill him, but they need him alive, so they're incentivized yeah. to protect him and and whatever. And C has to follow along unseen in the background. Yeah, right. And, and so she's it's the this, main character.
0: It's this intense sort of small – it's a very small cast of characters as well. There's really only three characters that have speaking roles yep. in the whole film. Yep. There's a couple of background extras – um, that are only tangentially relevant, but it's yeah. really only three characters. It's this dude who ambushes them, the father and the daughter, and yeah. that's kind of it.
2: The dude um, is played by, and it's he gets like top billing because he's I think the most well known. He's all in them. played by Pedro Pascal, who's in Narcos, Game of Thrones. Um, oh, really? He is, yeah, the Viper gets his head crushed. Oh, right, yeah, of course. That dude, for those of you listening, because you probably have seen <laughs> Game of Thrones and probably I haven't didn't realize that was the same Narcos. guy. Yeah, he's really good. Um, yeah, he was really cool. Uh, I thought he was
0: great in this movie. He I think is. We probably so, don't have to get. Sorry, yeah? No, no, no. That's as far as I was going to go plot-wise. Yeah. I, um, I, don't th- I don't think we should get too far further with the plot because I think no. it's kind of interesting and it's really fun to see where it goes. Yeah. And I think we can probably discuss the film enough without spoiling it, really. Yes, I, th- I agree. Oh, man. Um. So my favourite part of the film was, of course, this whole world. <laughs> right at the end where... <laughs> <laughs> the way it sort of um built the world up like that. Did you have like a favourite piece of technology or a favourite little scene in the film that made you go, like, oh, cool. I really liked the
2: uh I really liked most of the technology um but I think my favorite part of the film was right at the start where um the father takes he takes a couple of pills to help him go to sleep I I think mm. and he ends up sort of a little zonked out and he's having this conversation with his daughter and he ends up telling her he's kind of reminiscing to himself out loud sort of well, sort of half asleep half high half, yeah yeah and he ends up saying all the stuff about her that she never knew and she's like whoa you never told me that about any of this and you're like it's it it's absolutely the most he's like smiling and talking about her and he's sort of talking to her, but he's not really talking to sort her talking to himself and yeah. so it's sort of the most emotional that he ever is towards her, because they have At a the very sort of time, working relationship it's they so sort of cold. they feel like yeah.
0: colleagues a lot of the time, yeah, and I think that's a great it is a really sort of a perfect little scene that captures their relationship yeah and and the
2: fact that he doesn't allow himself to be free and emotional with her uh, only in moments where he is. Inhibited,
0: yeah. Well, because the film's a or
2: disinhibited, I guess. Can he uh, sort of <laughs> show show love and affection? Um, and it it sort of simultaneously serves to set up their relationship and explain a lot of the tone of her character, which is very cold and still. Yeah. Because you're like, well, yeah. If you grew up with that guy, of course, you would have like a very limited emotional range. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just thought the fact that it set up their relationship and s- developed his character so much with that developed her character so much with that and she has this little line where she's like no because i don't need drugs to sleep or whatever yeah and or she's like i don't get to use them and so it sets up that that like she experiences the same issues as he does but that because he's the position of power he gets to sort of make choices and maybe he's not making those choices very responsibly
0: and and maybe that she feels like she's more grounded in the world than he might be
2: yeah it's uh, so i don't know it's just that type of storytelling just happens the whole way through the film um, so I thought yeah. all of the tech was cool. The way that they used the gems was really cool. But I think that the, my favorite moment was seeing such skillful storytelling in that particular Efficient
0: bit. Efficient little, yeah. little setup. Well, because the uh, film's only ninety minutes long, so yeah. you really have to Doesn't have like have a perfect. not welcome either. Yeah, right. Um, I think my favorite part of the aspect of the technology in the film is really just how. They use the radios in the helmets to almost progress oh, the fuck. story.
2: Yeah, no, actually, I've got a different one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it the radios in the helmets? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a certain moment, but yeah, you yeah, reminded right. me of a bit um, that happens. Yeah,
0: they um, look, so they so they they have to wear helmets with like a breathing filter. Yeah. and full like spacesuit-looking things when they're on this planet. I don't think I don't think because the atmosphere is poisonous. I think it's because it's so dusty. I because think because they go into like a little tent later on that just has like a flap. It's not like sealed or anything.
2: I think it's the dust. I wasn't sure if there was like a double airlock system with that because I did wonder about that too. Mm. I think that it's probably something like spores, um, that it's poisonous but that you don't have to use a 100% airtight system but you just can't, be out for there for too long. For too yeah, long right.
0: yeah. In any case, they have these helmets on the whole time that obviously means they can't talk to each other. So they're on radios the whole time. Yeah. And they talk about what channel of radio they're on. And when they get ambushed, the different people on the different sides of this ambush are on different radio channels. Yeah. And when he's talking to the captor and when he's talking to his daughter, they switch radio channels. But he has um, to be secretive about it because
2: if they see that he's talking to someone else, they'll know that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so but it, it brings clever. up this
0: whole other dynamic of communication where you know like he can Freely talk to his daughter as long as they can't see, as long as the captors can't see his face. Yeah. Um, yep. there's a cool bit where they, uh, where, um, the captors like blast music to drown out the radio channel. Yeah. So that they, they can have a secret conversation on the same channel or something. Yeah. It's, again, it's not quite explained, but on it's really that cool. note,
2: There's a moment where that happens. This was actually, I think, my favorite, um, or a, a similar favorite moment, but my favorite yeah. involving the use of technology was, yeah, when th- the music is getting blasted and two characters need to talk to each other, but they can't because it's too, yeah too noisy. And so what happens is the character just reaches, I, I'm not, I'm intentionally avoiding who it is, but, um, one of the characters just reaches across and switches both of their radios off at the same time and fucking yells right through both helmets. Like touching the touching the yeah. glass to the glass, and yeah. And just like yells it so loud and you can barely hear it, it's so muffled, but it comes across and it's the only moment in the film that's happened for like an hour where, actually where they actually other. talk to each other and use their yeah, use like voice box to ears ra- rather the than the like radius. through a radio. Yeah. And it sounds and it's still so it's funny how it's still so muffled and artificial, but it's Arguably more genuine yeah, as well, a moment of communication. I th- I found it was a really little powerful little. That moment.
0: That was really cool. I, I but the, the thing I liked about the radios was yeah really just like the way in which it completely changed. It was a handy, quick, smart little writer's tool mm. to make even just the act of talking to each other in the film innovative and different. And difficult. Just, just the idea that yeah and difficult, but also like. You can use it in fun little ways, like yeah. um, she could be uh, like uh, the, the daughter during that ambush scene. The daughter is hiding off, like way the fuck somewhere else, yep. and can't even really see what's going on, and is listening to the whole conversation on the radio. And the dad can like talk to her easily and sort of whisper to her. Yeah, just just the idea that it changes the dynamic in which people actually talk to each other on a fundamental level. Yeah, means that like in a little drama that's just three little people talking for like a whole film. film really, um makes it a lot more engaging i thought mm. there's a clever little way that like science fiction i haven't seen that done at, like such a ba- basic level in a science fiction movie
2: yeah i think these guys are really showcasing their skill with like yeah the 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 world building and the integration of technology into that world building they show the characters never they never explain the tech that they're using, but they show like habits around using it. So things yeah. like as soon as people meet, they signal what radio channel they're using, so that everyone can swap to that radio channel so they can actually talk. Yeah, and it happens so frequently that you realize this is just something that you do when you meet new people. It's like a handshake. You, you signal a radio. Like, hey three. Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that sort of thing is is really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, uh, we keep making the same point, but that's because they find so many different and clever ways to do the same thing. Yeah. Which is just to tell, to, to flesh out the world so much. It feels lived so in like, Yeah.
0: The way in which they make the world feel habitual and just like second nature, the yeah. way in which the characters interact with everything yeah. makes it feel like it's, you're not even watching a movie.
2: Yeah. And another thing that, you, so you were talking about th- how the radios change, and I mentioned how the radios change the sound of the film as well, and the sound of characters' voices. Yeah. Um, I think I when probably I mentioned it before you did, and I think I probably made a better yeah, point. Yeah, you brought it up, and yeah. I springboarded it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was talking about uh, Metro 2033, mm-hmm. which is that game that's set in the underground metro in Russia in post-apocalyptic setting. Yeah. And I mentioned how you have to, because the atmosphere is toxic and has radiation in it, you need to use gas masks, and the yeah. game makes you frequently put your gas mask on. And when you do that, it totally changes the sound of everything that's going on in that world. Well, this game, uh, this, this film, um, kind of has the same thing going on where most of the time you're stuck inside the main character's helmet. And so, um, everything sounds muffled and claustrophobic. And there's a lot of like heavy breathing. You see the reflection of the
0: smudges on the helmet.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think that just the use of sound serves so well to not just show you what experience the characters are going through, but also reinforce to you that you can't be outside of this because it's toxic. So it actually makes you feel like as the viewer, you're not able to go out into the world either you know, like you're stuck in a suit as well. I completely agree. Because well, if you were outside and you could just hear everything cleanly, it wouldn't make you empathize with the kind of struggle of the characters. There's a lot of month.
0: shaky handheld camera right. in the film as well. It sort of adds to that feeling of you being like there with them. Like bouncing around and yeah, field of right. view. Like, yeah. yeah, like someone's chasing after these people running through the forest right. with another camera. Um, no, I, I, had a, I had a great old time with this movie. I thought that it was uh, worth definitely worth the time. It's on Netflix, so it's basically free. Yeah, what was your viewing experience? <laughs> viewing experience. Yeah. Um, sitting on my bed, all under the covers. Yep. Cozy. Cozy. Splitting Glass of whiskey. Sessions. Had a great old time. Yeah, I um, started watching it at like 10 o'clock last night or something. Fuck. So I had to sort of catch up and watch the last 20 minutes just before we started.
2: Part one and part two. Yeah. Yep. I got barely any fucking sleep the night I watched it. So I watched <laughs> this movie... With my eyes falling out of my head at 6am after I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to even try and sleep, I'm just going to watch a movie. Fuck,
0: and you liked the movie anyway? Yeah.
2: Jesus. Yeah. Maybe it was the right time. Because it was like <laughs> pre-dawn, I think I probably was awake while the sun was rising outside. That sounds fucking miserable. Just made me feel, yeah, like I was on another fucking planet. <laughs> just wish I had one some of those space drugs to help me sleep. <laughs> but uh, But, yeah. So, yeah, didn't, you don't need to watch this one in a cinema or anything. No, I had um, a
0: great old time watching it.
2: Probably watch it... Try to watch it somewhere that's got decent sound, not through your phone speaker or laptop speaker or anything, I'd say. Yeah, it's,
0: I watched it with headphones on, and yeah. I thought that was a really cool way of experiencing it in terms of, like, the sound in the helmet that you were talking about. Like, yep. I found a lot of it was sort of suited to that. Um, I... I thought the score was really good as well. Something I really Mm. noticed was that there was a huge mix of orchestral music and then like synthy kind of electronic music at various points in the film that really suited the world nicely. Like when they first land on the jungle, there's this beautiful orchestral score that plays, almost as if it's like a. the sun's just risen over this beautiful forest and here's this beautiful bark to play to sort of... The morning. It's not. Be, you know what I mean. Oh, the right. same sort of like the musician. The musician. The str- it was like strings was and violins like, and things. Oh. sorry. That doesn't <laughs> sound beautiful at all. <laughs> if I could go back in time and had oh. just said Beethoven or oh. something, <laughs> <laughs> to not be going through this.
1: Oh. oh shit. Whoa. 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 Whoa
0: Beethoven, yeah. it was like Brahms or Haydn <laughs> was playing. <laughs> <go>. Stravinsky, Debussy, <laughs> beautiful <one> orchestral <laughs> music <laughs> as like a, a beautiful nature, a sort of greeting to nature. Right, and then as the film gets on more, and they had more of these issues with the technology. More and like then more clashes with the other people. It gets more gritty. And Cynthia, yeah, which mm. I thought was really interesting. Mm, cool, cool observation. Thanks, bro. Uh, uh, the yeah, the
2: um. Like, uh, C also has, like, these
0: headphones that she
2: listens to music through. Um, these, like,
0: cyberpunk-ass, steampunk-ass headphones. Yeah, so
2: they're, like, wireless, but they're not connected to any device. So you're not yeah. really sure if they're sort of, yeah, how they how they work. Um, but she listens to music,
0: and she... And it's this weird, like, ja- it sounds like Japanese or Korean punk rock yeah, or something. it's, it's really a weird. a really
2: strange, like, pastiche of a bunch of different genres. Yeah. Um, and... That also, like, I remember uh, listening to a commentary on the film Elysium by the director. Um, mm. Is that Neil Blomkamp? Is that who directed Elysium? Yep. Pretty sure. Yeah, yep.
0: the, um, uh, the District 9 fucking prawn guy.
2: Yeah. Fucking uh, <laughs> prawn! And he said he specifically saw all of the music in District 9 is, like, Really, really, really avant-garde, like dubstep shit. Yeah, and he said that was music where he felt like that couldn't he, people wouldn't feel like it came out of the day and age that they lived in. That they would feel like this would be music that would be being made around this time. <laughs> and it feels out like
0: of, out-of-touch normies have never heard it before. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or I was like, oh, yeah, I heard this last week, bro. <laughs> um. So He's like, imagine if dubstep existed. <laughs> imagine if dubstep was weird.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, like, she. Yeah, she listens to this strange music that is similarly, like, atonal um, from both her her world and environment and also our, the main, the predominant viewership of this film's world and environment. Yeah. And that's really effective at displacing it from our world, too. And... The way that she is able to listen to music needs to be very sparing. She's not able to use it while she's just in her suit. She has to kind of sometimes go back to the landing pod and listen to it in like moments where a sealed, sterile little capsule, right. yeah. Um, which I think is also really cool. So whenever there's music on that's outside, like d- uh, diegetic music that's actually coming through her headphones, you know that she is sort of safe and kind of relaxed, I suppose. Yes.
0: There are moments where she's experienced a significant amount of stress or trauma where it'll sort of cut to just her in the landing pod listening to music. Yeah, and she's sort of unwinding. Yeah, you know? and it seems like often like a weird thing like, that's just fucking happened. Why would you be doing that? But it's like, yeah. oh, it's the only way she can sort of cope and have this private little moment. Yeah, she's like a 16-year-old
2: woman. Like, she's yeah. She's barely an adult. She's stressed out of her mind like having to cope with this shit. Um, but she's also a very capable character, I think. Yeah. Which is really interesting too. I thought. Um, and but like reasonably capable too. Like not um you know, like a she's not like a Tom Cruise kind of character from <laughs> Mission Impossible or something where you're like, Oh yeah, but this person can just like they never actually experience any hardship. Like she fucks up um a, a few times but yeah. is but is generally they're understandable mistakes, she's generally extremely capable, she's very knowledgeable. Yeah. All um, the
0: characters feel like very flawed real people. Yeah. Where like for sure. um uh, her dad and the ambush dude. Yeah, um, the, they all feel like really fleshed out characters, and they don't feel like caricatures or stereotypes. Of the
2: person that, of um, Pedro Pascal's character,
0: right? Yeah, okay. Um, what's the other guy? Diego. No, Damon. Damon, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Damon and Ezra, uh, the father and the ambush also. guy um, they they both feel like really fleshed out human people they don't just feel like cookie cutter caricatures of like mm. this is the dad and this is the bad guy kind of thing like they feel yeah kind of fleshed out in a way in, in a short short film kind of way
1: Yeah,
2: and also you do get this here we go take a shot this sense <laughs> of like um. Well, if you, say,
0: uh, if you say capitalism I'm running this sorry
1: station. boy <laughs>
2: um <laughs> uh,
0: sling us off (laughs) around the other planet (laughs) into the sun I will crash this (laughs) space station into the nearest moon I see and Um, I don't care who knows you do feel like these
2: people like no one feels like the bad guy because everyone just feels like they're so fucking crushed by this like absolutely futuristic like how the fuck do we get back to prospecting (laughs) it is
0: gonna be capitalism she talks about (laughs) at, uh, at some point she talks about like
2: oh can't we just stop with this we've harvested this one gem like can't we just stop here it's like 10000 that's enough to pay off our debt. And he's basically like, yeah, it's exactly enough to pay off our debt, and so as soon as we pay it off, we're just going to be right back here because we won't have any fucking money. So we actually kind of need to keep going and doing this thing because we have to get not just our debt but enough to, like, fucking live on so we never have to do this thing again. (laughs) And... A- and then, like, yeah, they experience... You won't be
0: happy until every movie just depicts people undergoing some sort of universal human income type system. <laughs> universal basic income, yeah. yeah universal basic this income. This film would
2: have been solved if, <laughs> in the backstory,
0: <laughs> some sort of trade
2: federation had established a universal... Yeah, a literally universal basic Fuck. income. <laughs> a galactic basic income.
0: Absolutely sick. We need a galactic basic income. <laughs> uh.
2: No more prospecting
1: with children. <laughs> uh
0: yeah. I don't know, he says a like bad news to me, more like Bernie, Bernie Sand Death Star. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>
2: um You were talking about gems and capitalism. No, nah, I was trying to come up with another Bernie Sanders pun. <laughs>
0: That's the Andy I know <laughs> I love. Um
2: Yeah, but it is it <laughs> back. I I none of the characters felt particularly Moral, because they all make immoral choices, but you can tell they're yeah. all doing it for the same fucking reason, which is that they've been—they're s- so fucked by this s- sort of um, context that they're all in that yeah. you just sort of like, well, yeah, n- like of course you guys are doing this. Of course, someone's greedy. Of course, there are mercenaries or whatever. You know, it all, yeah, it all feels very reasonable given the circumstances, which is pretty crazy because it makes you empathize with a bunch of characters where if they were in a film like i don't know guardians of the galaxy which is another kind of film with a similar tone of like being so alien being so alien um i feel like you would they would absolutely be the bad guy whereas in this movie they're not necessarily black and white yeah exactly i guess i thought it was cool but Um, i was going through capitalism to say it
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, <laughs> oh, I said it. Sorry, boy. Uh, got it. Bingo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh Is it time <laughs> to wrap up the show? Off a roof now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be time to about wrap up the show for the week. What do you reckon? Yeah, sounds I'm good. To me. To, we've had a few long boys in the past few yeah. weeks, so let's we'll see if we can keep this one nice yeah. and short. Little, he says, little. knowing for a fact this episode is two hours a long. Episode. <laughs> uh, I'm glad let you get that one out. <laughs> <laughs> episode. That's yeah. good shit. Um. I, in lieu of coming up with a better than worse than, because I can't possibly rank my preferences, have thought of a few similarly similar in tone or similar in quality or feeling indie sci-fi films. Sure. Or small-scale, minimalist, storytelling sci-fi films yeah. that I think it might be interesting for people to go out and watch. Okay. Um, so this one is, of course, Prospect came out in 2018. It's on Netflix. I yep. really recommend this. Yep. If you like this or you want to see other similar films where you're like, fuck, how they think of writing that story in 90 minutes? Um, a film I really liked was Ex Machina. Oh, I haven't out. seen this. It's yeah, really good. This is good. on my fucking list, um, man. Well, this won't spoil it for you. Then it came out in Great. 2014. It's a similar kind of thing. That one's about like a programmer that um, gets invited to this like holiday retreat research type thing where... Um, she scroll down the page <laughs> it's about this programmer that gets invited to this like holiday research retreat type thing where he is invited to uh interview this lady this ai robot thing that they've developed yeah developed um,
2: by oscar isaac who's the person that people would probably know in this movie
0: yeah, well, it's also got Alicia Vikander and Domhnall Gleeson, who are both huge now, but weren't necessarily as famous back in twenty fourteen. Oh, I film don't know if out. I've
2: seen much with them in
0: it. Um, Domhnall Gleeson was the evil redhead dude from the newest Star Wars film that was like, oh shit, he's great. That guy, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and Elisa, cool. Alicia Vikander is uh, she played the girlfriend of the trans Dutch painter in that film, and she is Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. I should have just said Troom Raider. She's that would have been a, <laughs> more, a, a more widespread wide. You know the one about the trans <laughs> Dutch painter? Oh, and Troom Raider. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> um, another film that does a very similar job at world building is Her, yeah, which came man. out in 2013. Spike Jonze. It's more of a drama, a drama romance kind of film, but it's set in a uh, immediate future where Siri is like 10 generations better and he's like an AI that's in everyone's phone. Mm. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix essentially falls in love with the little Siri in his phone, and that's played by Scarlett Johansson.
2: Yeah, and it's a really unfortunate right turn when... Uh he finds out that the Syrian in his phone is actually a Zionist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, we'll be happy to know that Walking uh, Phoenix probably paid money for something in this film at some point. So, you know. Hmm. You can yeah, go, he does. He, you pu- can really he purchases the artificial intelligence. You can shoehorn a capitalist Which reading is, into uh, that one, too. Yeah. Um, another one that I think is a little bit different is Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, joke's on you, man.
2: You can shoehorn a capitalist reading into every film because <laughs> they're all made with money.
1: <laughs>
0: Are you are you making my point now? Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Water is money in this one. <laughs> Wait till we get to the next one. Well, you're the... laughing because I think you think that was a joke. Yeah. Wait till you get to the next one where the moon is money. Um,. <laughs> yeah, so the Maddox Road is very good. It's another one where they do a great job of building the world uh, very minimally. This is, of course, a reboot slash sequel to the iconic Australian action movie Mad Max that came out decades ago now with Mel... Oh, God. Is it Mel Brooks? It's not Mel Brooks. It That's is the guy not from the Mel producers. Brooks. You are thinking of Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. who is Mel Gibson. Not. he's in the original. Oh, he was the original yeah.
2: Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. So he was. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about George Miller. Charlie's
0: <laughs> Thrones, not Mel Gibson.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, literally about the comparison I was <laughs>
0: Um the last, the last couple that I oh, mentioned shit. is Moon. God, of man, you keep like, feeding me my favourite <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like, knew you'd love this. That film's great! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, Moon is a really good one. That's another one where it's like only a couple characters in the whole movie. Um, it's directed and written by Duncan Jones, who's David Bowie's son. Mm. Um uh, Stub, St- Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. Um, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is another really brilliant film. If you watch any film from this list, watch Moon. So this is about like... I, I feel like the plot doesn't really quite make... It doesn't really make much of a there's difference. A, so don't bother a,
2: correcting there's me. There's a lunar facility uh, that harvests a certain type of helium. And because it's all so fully automated, there's only one human that needs to be right. there to communicate with Earth. Yeah, And so this is the story of... The one the guy, one stuck human on the th- moon. Th- th- that's in the middle of a three-year stint by himself on the moon, and they yeah. have like shit-ass communication systems. So you have to like basically send tapes back and forth between you and your family, and just like the crushing isolation that that person experiences. Yeah, really, really good. Movie. So it good. It kind
0: of reminds me in t- in terms of the isolation and stuff. It reminded me a little bit of Interstellar. It reminded uh, me 2001 a lot of Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, man. Like, a lot of that is, as well. Yeah. yeah, this is this is
2: like if Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey was mashed up with Prospect like it's yeah yeah. and this is very similar in terms of like low
0: budget uh, sci-fi, minimal storytelling where they're like, how the fuck are they giving me so much information so in such a short little compact little tape? Yep. And The other one that I think is a lot bigger but kind of reminded me of a similar kind of world building thing's Looper which is a film from 2012 oh, yeah. with uh, God. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis about hitmen and gangsters in the future and that was very good. Who can fucking time travel? Yeah, well, this one's God, about Joseph good, Gordon-Levitt is in the past and Bruce Willis is in the future and plays the this is like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is essentially in the past and in the future gangsters and people have worked out how to make time travel work and so in the future they send back people they want killed to hitmen they've hired in the past which which equates to Joseph Gordon-Levitt standing in a field pointing a shotgun at an empty space until their time travel victim gets sent back appears in that empty an space exact spot. Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills them and gets money sent back from the future.
2: Yeah. And they've got it all like strapped to their bodies because they've done it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's cool. Um, it's so cool. And God, it's, another, it's cool.
0: And then the the twist of the film, not the twist. The whole point <laughs> of the film is that one day the guy sent back that Joseph Gordon Levitt has to kill is his future self. Yeah. Played by Bruce Willis. Yeah. And which is
2: something that yeah something yeah. that happens to every character and it's known as closing the loop yeah um, which
0: is Q, fucking cool the world's coolest most badass like buddy cop movie of yeah. all time yeah um, so those are just a couple films that I thought that people might enjoy or get a kick out of that are similar to this so uh, X Machina from 2014 her from 2013. Mad Max: Fury Road from 2015, Moon from 2009, and Looper from 2012.
2: All of those that, brilliant like,
0: movies, except X-Men. Ex th-
2: th- those would all be in like my top twenty, I reckon. Yeah, I like, couldn't I possibly fucking love all of those movies.
0: If I had to like rank one as like a favorite out of Prospect and those, I'd probably say my favorites are probably uh, Looper, her, and maybe Prospect. Brilliant. Oh, really? That good? Okay. Uh, Prospect wouldn't
1: be
2: up there for me but I love those movies so much. I'd say like Moon and this is just saying go and watch
0: these like Moon, Her and Mad Max Fury Road. And yeah. they're all kind of different but they all give that same kind of feeling that you were talking about in terms of minimal storytelling Yeah, which I think is a really interesting space to watch in terms of I feel like if you really it's two of these films Moon and Prospect are like a dude's first film Yeah, written and directed the whole thing and it yeah. seems like it's re- it's a really interesting space to be in where like it's an Uh, Like, an exercise in storytelling and an exercise in efficient writing. Yep. And using your budget to the best effect you can.
2: I was talking earlier about how... We mentioned in another episode how I feel like zombie movies are a cheap way to, like, kind of do a feature film Mm. and how they've got to be really fun to make. But, like, obviously, you know, they're not, like... Yeah, I don't
0: know. We don't personally give a fuck about zombie movies. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: it feels like a bit of a bit of a cop-out, I think. In In some ways, but also, like, I get it. I think... People, more people should make efforts to do minimalist little sci-fi movies like this because be, I think that the freedom yeah. of storytelling is so fucking crazy yeah. good that yeah, I just think you get awesome results if you and if there's you do a lot more
0: right. of scope for variety. I suppose that the yeah. argument against that is like a zombie movie you can make for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. It seems like yep. this film they needed the three million dollars. They had their own fucking workshop and they made the spaceship. And there were and visual
2: effects shots in this movie, so yeah. like yeah, some some of it you could definitely tell. It's like, oh, maybe they paid $60,000 for that opening scene or whatever, you know. Exactly. But, like, we saw a video of them building the main spaceship cabin and it's like, it's it's wood and and, and, and stuff. Like, yeah, you can, I feel like you can do it. I feel like people don't necessarily think to innovate in that way. Yeah. So, yeah, something I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. I hope you got a kick out of this week's episode. Mm. Uh, I had a great old time watching Prospect. Uh, I hope you do too I hope you watch any of the little other little movies we mentioned there if you have any other suggestions for us in this same vein thank you very much to listener slash guest on the show Zach who suggested that we watch Prospect and has started this whole little trail we we're on this week if you have any suggestions you're welcome to email us that's beefstationpod at gmail.com you can jump on the Facebook page which we're trying to remember to update when we post new episodes but we're kind of terrible at it that's facebook.com slash beefstationpod like it tell your friends about our show mm. we think it's a great old listen we think we're trying to sort of uh, strike a, an even balance between interesting and dumb as shit <laughs> S- splitting the wicket on both <laughs> exactly uh, hopefully right down the middle of this week let us know, let us know how we're tell doing tag yourself I'm dumb as shit which one are you tag a man who's smart and dumb as <laughs> shit don't tell who is who thank you for joining us for another week I'm Oscar I'm Andrew see you later